want to greet you. My name is Rudo, for those of you that know me. Um, welcome to all of you. It's so great to be with you this morning on behalf of our eldership also. Welcome to all of our visitors this morning. Um, if you're maybe visiting us from a different town or maybe you, you're here visiting your friends and family or maybe you're here for a tour, it's great to have you also here with us. Um, not talking about a Pretoria tour, like a sports tours, okay? Let's just get that out of the way. Um, yeah, so welcome to all of you, and what a week, what a week in history, what a day in history that we can celebrate and commemorate and, and remember what Jesus did for us, right, as we go into, or today, actually starting Passion Week, Holy Week. Uh, for those of you that don't know, today is Palm Sunday as we build up to Good Friday on Friday, which, is, which will be Passover, Easter weekend, and then Resurrection Sunday next week. And so we want to encourage you to join us this week, um, uh, to, to join us on Friday and on Sunday as we, as we remember what Jesus did for us on this day. I'd like us also to be very aware of Jesus' going about in this time. You know, it's a great time to, to be very aware of Jesus' actions and his sayings. And, um, and I want to point you to, uh, to the Passion Week in the Bible. You can take a photo of the next slide. If you want to follow the Passion Week this week, um, it's, it, it's in Matthew 21 to 27. That's the chapters. Uh, Mark is 11 to 15. That's the Passion Week. Luke is chapter 19 to 23. And then John 12 to 19. And maybe make a moment this week where you can, don't, you don't have to read through all of them. Just take one and, and maybe study one of those Gospels and what really happened in this, this very special week um, in history. And so my topic today and what we speak about is wanted, anointed, rejected. Wanted, anointed, rejected. And, and I... And I really, like I had a, a, some time to prepare for this message. And, you know, there's so many things that we can speak about on Palm Sunday. But Jesus, almost the, the Holy Spirit pointed me to this moment where Jesus was anointed. And I don't know why. And I pray that, that the Holy Spirit will come and do something in your heart. That He will speak in your heart. Um, that moment when Jesus was anointed. Such a beautiful moment and a time that we can remember what Jesus did for us, right? And so if you buy, have your Bibles with you, you, you're welcome to open up in John 11 as we study this, this, these phrases that Jesus was a wanted man, but he was anointed and then he was rejected. And so we are now in the final week of Jesus' life. It's known as the Passion Week. That's why it it's called the Holy Week or the Passion Week, Jesus' last week. And Jesus arrived in Bethany, just outside of Jerusalem. That's where his, everything is going to start. And so this was on the Saturday before his crucifixion. And so on the Sunday morning, he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, which was called the Triumphal Entry. And so this is where we will take off. So we're going to read John 11, verse 55 to 56, just to provide some background to this story and to understand why Jesus was wanted. Then we'll focus on two events in the Passion Week that will build up to Good Friday, the first one being Jesus was anointed in John 12, the first part by Mary. 
And then we'll look at how Jesus was rejected. The controversy of the, of the triumphal entry. Say, so this is a coronation, but actually it was a rejection. And so we'll look at that. And so John 11 almost paints this picture of how wanted Jesus was, really. The, the end of John 11. And so many things happened. Jesus just did the greatest miracle of them all. He, he raised Lazarus from the dead. He was for four days, he was declared dead. There's no way that he could be alive. He was dead as dead could be. And Jesus illustrated that I have the power over death. So he raised Lazarus from death. And so the, there was a lot of things happening in this time because we are now drawing closer and closer to Passover. And so the end of John 11, we take off. From verse 55 it says, Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? That he will not come to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, where Jesus was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. So Jesus was an official wanted man. The authorities said, if anyone knows any information about Jesus, you should let us know, and if you don't, we will even arrest you. So Jesus was wanted. And so if we speak about, if it says the Passover, for those that don't want to assume anything, but the Passover is one of the, the major holidays of the Jews where they celebrate when God saved them from Israel and took them out of slavery into freedom. Right? And so it's this, it's this commemoration, this moment in history where all the Jews celebrate yearly. And then it says even many went up. So they would go from all the small towns. They would, they, would, they would go towards Jerusalem because this was the epicenter where everything was going down. And it says that, it, statistics shows that in those times there would be between 1 to 2 million people in that city, in that region. A lot of people for such a small space. And then it says they were looking for Jesus. They were looking for Jesus. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. That was the talk of the town. Everyone knew this. Millions, these, these hundreds and thousands of people that's there knew this. They knew about this miracle. And so they were talking, they were saying, where's Jesus? Do you think he's coming? Because everyone wanted something from Jesus. Might differ. Some wanted healing. Some wanted needs to be provided by Jesus. Some wanted Him to be the King. They wanted to make Him the King. And then others wanted to kill Him. The priests, the Pharisees, at this stage, they hated Jesus. They hated Him. 
They absolutely wanted him dead. Because Jesus' gospel, what he was teaching and preaching in those times, had a following. And it was threatening to them. And Jesus called them out every time that they were in close in proximity to one another. So Jesus would just call them out and show them the type of hypocrites that they was. And so they hated Jesus. And so they, was, they knew they had to kill him. They already decided in their minds, Jesus is a dead man walking. He is wanted. And so in this time, it reached boiling point. Because if you can remember, Jesus stayed under the radar. He stayed under the radar for most of the time. The moment that he would feel the heat, he would, he would withdraw and he would go to a different place. When he healed someone, he would say, don't speak about this. He would stay under the radar. And this was the, have you seen the new Top Gun movie? My, oh, my boy absolutely loves it. So we watch it all the time. So the, the new Top Gun movie, they, did you see how the, the planes had to ride under the radar through that valley? And then that came that mountain where they went over in, dropped the bombs, went over, and when they had to go over, they shoot through the radar. This was that moment. The, it absolutely reached boiling point. Jesus, this was the moment Jesus was going through the radar. He was an official wanted man. He is a wanted man to this day. For you and me. When we seek Him, what do, we, what do you want from Him? Do you want for Him only to provide for you and your needs? Or do you seek Him for who He truly is? For what He came to do? To be the King of kings. To provide salvation. And to save us in every single moment that we cannot save ourselves. Because that is what Jesus came to do. He came to save us. He came not to be a political king. He came to be the king of our hearts. And so they wanted to, they wanted to kill him. He's a, he was a wanted man. And so if we, if we continue and we, and we read this last verse of, of chapter 11, it says, Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. And so with this in mind, we go to John chapter 12, verse 1. And it says, six days before the Passover. So it's exactly one week before the Passover would happen. It's the last week of Jesus' life. Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served him. Lazarus was, on the ones on, was one of those reclining with him at the table. Verse 3, Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped, it with, and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? And he said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having, charged, having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself 
to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it from the day of keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. What an incredible scripture to almost kick off this week. Jesus in Bethany. This is it. It's reached the boiling point. He's a wanted man. And so because Jesus raised Lazarus from the death, Mary and Martha, which was his sisters, said, we want to we give you a dinner. It's like, almost like a thank you dinner. So this specific dinner was just to say thank you to Jesus for what he did for them. And so they were all there. Mary was there. Martha was there. Lazarus was, was there. The disciples was there. Judas that was going to betray him was there. And so they were preparing this meal and they were eating together. And Mary came in and it says, she emptied this expensive oil on, on Jesus. And some translation says, she poured perfume on my body to, to prepare it ahead of time for, for, for burial. She poured this, this perfume over Jesus. Now, I'm not sure like, how much a pound of oil is, but this is quite a lot of oil, right? And so it says that this oil was the worth of 300 denarii. One denarii is a day's wage, so I don't want to put it in day terms, I want to almost put it in out terms. If one day's wage is between 100 and 200 rand, one day's wage, minimum wage, let's say minimum wage, that's between 30 and 60,000 rand for a bottle of oil like this. Right? That she opened and she started pouring it over Jesus. Everything. And she anointed him. And the disciples looked at this and they were saying, you are wasting it. We can give this to the poor. But she was saying, no. This is for Jesus. And she was pouring this whole bottle of oil onto the body. Jesus. A moment in history that we can remember to this day. Jesus knew exactly what was lying ahead. He knew what was lying ahead. And so Judas was saying, let's sell this ointment. And Jesus is saying, this is not a thinking of the poor moment. Because they will always be with you, with all due respect. This is a worship moment. This is a moment to come to the feet of Jesus and saying, I acknowledge what you have done for me. And I'm bringing my best and I'm giving it to you. Mary worshipped the king. 
Mary, she knew something. She knew something was going to go down. And so some translations said she did what she could. It's almost like she came to this point where, where Mary, she didn't know what to do. And so she went to this place where she had this most precious possession. This knot of oil, this perfume, this whole bottle full of it with this expensive price tag on it. And she was like, Lord, I don't know what else to do. I, I can sense something is happening. But can I just give this to you? I want to worship you in this moment. <laughs> and Jesus is saying, don't stop her. She's anointing me. She's preserving me. She is preparing me for what is about to happen. Judas and some of the disciples completely missed it. And so, I want to say this. It is possible to know Jesus, to walk with Jesus, and completely miss Him. Because that is what Judas did. He wanted to sell this. And most of us would maybe. And say, wow, I've got this expensive. This is what I can bring. But let me rather take it into my own hands. That was Judas. Only in it for what he can get from it. It says, to help himself. He was in it to help himself. He took charge of the money bag and he was in it to help himself. Mary gave it all. She just bought it. How do we respond to Jesus? When, when you think about your relationship with him, it is a time to to reflect. It is a time to commemorate, to remind ourselves of our own lives. And when you think about your relationship with Jesus, are you in it to give it all? To pour it upon Jesus and say, Lord, thank you for my sanctification. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you that you gave it all. That you broke yourself. And that all I can do, I don't know what else to do, but all I can do is I can bring my best and give it to you. Why are you in it for what you can get from Him? May we be reminded that Jesus is the King, anointed with the holy oil to save us every day. And so lastly, Jesus was rejected. And it's almost this, this controversy, right? It's this, it's this controversy between it's the triumphal entry. But why are you saying he was rejected? Let's read this, this scripture together. John 12, verse 12. We, we jump to, to verse 12 from verse 8. And in verse 16 it says, So, so the first part of verse 1 says, six days before the Passover, Jesus was in Bethany. So now, verse 12, it says, The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast, right? So we know that there's a lot of people in this place. 
the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So now they, they, they are hearing the stories that Jesus is coming. I was looking for him. Many are looking for him. He's a wanted man. The boiling point is there. He is coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. And then verse 16, his disciples, listen to this, did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. So they were like, why is the people almost celebrating Jesus? Palm branches, taking off their cloaks, throwing it before Jesus, almost making like a royal guard for Jesus to walk on. And at first they thought like, this is it. Jesus is going to become the king now. And then they realized that something is not happening here. And something is happening here. Something is not happening. It is very clear. And something is happening. Jesus knows that this is not a coronation. This is not the moment that he was going to be crowned. Jesus knows that. That is why he said, don't stop her to prepare me. Don't stop her when she was started pouring this oil over him. He knew, he already predicted his death three times. Jesus knew what was about to happen. And so he's riding into this into, the, into Jerusalem, the epicenter of where the Passover will happen, as a wanted man. And you're like, almost like, Jesus, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> they, they want to kill you. And those that wanted him to be king are, are putting palm branches in front of him. They're throwing their robes before Jesus, saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we'll get to that in a moment. But they treated him like the one that was going to save them from the power of, of the Romans. And that was the whole thing. Is they thought Jesus came to be the king over their political situation. To save them from the Romans. To save them from tax. To save them from Caesar. But Jesus came to do far more than that. He came to save them from sin. He came to save them from hell. And they didn't see that for a moment, but Jesus knew this. And so they wanted to make him king because he's the only one fit to be king. Why? Because he has the power. If we look back at John 6 verse 2, it says Jesus has got the power. They looked at what he was doing, the signs and the miracles, and they were saying he has the power. He is the one that's going to save us. And they wanted to make him king right towards the end of John 6. If you read verse 15. They wanted to make him king, and Jesus perceived their minds, and so he withdrew. He said, this is not the king that I am. I'm a different kind of king. I'm not going to be your Israeli king, sitting on the political throne, 
I am going to be the king that will rule the universe, that will save you from death. And so what is not happening is, this is not a coronation. This is not a crowning moment. But this is Jesus riding, riding in and saying, I am the wanted one. You don't have to get your people to search for me. Here I am. Here I am. This is Jesus saying, kill me. He knew that that was going to happen. He was rejected. He wasn't celebrated. Maybe by some. But if as the week continued, as you're going to read through these scriptures, as the week continued, they absolutely rejected him. Most of them did already in their minds. His death sentence was already there. He was rejected. And so the question then is, why did Jesus do this? Why did Jesus ride in on a donkey saying, here I am? Why didn't he just hide for, for still for, for a little bit and say, I want you to stick with me just for a moment? This words that they were singing and saying over Jesus Hosanna, Hosanna. Do you remember that song? Hosanna. Okay, so they were singing Hosanna. They were singing blessed. It directly re refers or reference to the scripture in Psalm 118. If you have your, your Bibles, you can read this scripture in, in Psalm 118 with me. Verse 25, it says, Save us. So they were not just saying things just because of because. No, they knew. Some of them knew this is the king. And so we're going to sing the prophecy that was over the king in Psalm 118 verse 25. Save us. Save us from this, from, from this political scene that's going on. He's saying, save us, Hosanna. So save us directly translate to Hosanna. We pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray. Give us success. They're saying, Hosanna, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So they sing the songs, knowing that this is the day. Read the scripture just before that, verse 24. It says, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Do you remember that song? Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now listen to this. This scripture directly refers to the prophecy Daniel made. In Daniel 9, verse 25, you can go to Daniel 9. Whew. This is so incredible because this was a moment in history that changed everything. Daniel 9, verse 24, Daniel speaks and he says, Seventy weeks are decreed upon the people and upon thy holy city to finish transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity. And to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Listen to verse 25. Know therefore and discern that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem. Right? So from the degree, from the moment where it was said Jerusalem can be rebuilt unto the anointed one, the prince, shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. It shall be built again with streets and moat, even in, tr in troublous times. 
And after this three score and two weeks, shall the anointed one be cut off and shall have nothing. And so this prophecy in, in Daniel 9 verse 25 says, from the moment, do you remember when we, when we went through this built series now? I spoke the second or the third week about when King Artaxerxes made this degree. He said, right, Nehemiah, you can go and you can rebuild the city. And Nehemiah asked, okay, thank you, but can you please give me letters so that we can, so that we can be safe and so that we can get wood from the forest. And so the, the king made the decree that the city can be rebuilt on paper from the king. From that moment, 490 years to the very day when Jesus rode into the city of Jerusalem, was that day that they were singing about. This is the day. This is the day Daniel prophesied about. This is the day David wrote about. This is the day that Jesus, the King, is coming, but you not recognize Him. And Daniel's saying, and then He will be cut off. This is the day. The days, the years, and the time exactly correlated to the exact day, to the date, April 6th, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the donkey. You see? Why did, why did he not hide? Why did, he, why did he present himself? He's a wanted man. This was prophesied. This was it. This was the moment. And for our human minds, almost like the disciples saying that at first, they did, not they did not understand. It's almost the same for us. We don't understand always what Jesus is doing. But if you take anything from the sermon, I want you to hear this. You can trust Him. We don't know everything. We are not a creator of everything. He knows the times. He knows the exact dates. We can trust Him. We can trust Him with our lives, with what we have, with everything we can trust Him. And say, Lord, I don't understand why you are doing this. But today, I'm putting my trust in you. Because you have demonstrated, not just in a moment, but over decades and centuries. I want to end off. I want to end off just for us to almost take stock of our own lives and ask ourselves, why are you seeking Jesus? Why are we seeking Jesus? Why are we here? Are we here because I just need to get a word so that I can go home and tick the box? Because many of the people in that day even did the same. They seek Jesus for their own reasons. And then listen to this. Jesus responded. He responded to their seeking. And then they did not know what to do. Because even though Jesus responded, Judas was still walking with Jesus, seeking his own interest. And can we take for a moment and say, Lord, how do I respond to you? How do I respond to you, Jesus, to what you are giving me? And lastly, are you trusting Jesus? 
Are you trusting that He is the saint one? He is the King of the world. It wasn't just a moment in history that stayed there. This is our King who gave His life for you and I, even to this day. For moments that we cannot save. I cannot save myself in this moment. And Jesus is saying, that's exactly why I came. It's for you. For moments where you mess up. I came for you. So I can save you. Why don't you bring what you have? Give it to me. Let's pray. In a moment, I want to invite you to, to come and share with us and let's share together as a family communion and just re, remind ourselves of this time of Jesus. But before I do that, I want to pray for you. And I want to pray this hymn, this certain hymn, and it's not always known as a hymn, but theolog theological students and scholars, they they almost branded this hymn, this part of Scripture in Philippians 2 as the Christological hymn. Pointing to Jesus as the one. Singing this hymn. And I want to pray this hymn over us, over you in this time. As you just for a moment focus and put your attention on Jesus. Just listen to this. Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in the human form just like us, he humbled himself by becoming obedient even to the point of death. Even death on a cross, which was the most terrible death. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so Lord, I want to pray this over us, Lord. As your people, Lord, as we remember you this day, this week, may we keep on looking towards you, pointing people towards you, Lord, bringing our situations to you, bringing our best to you and say, Lord, we cannot do it from ourselves. You are the only one that was exalted above every other name. Jesus. We thank you today. We glorify you today. And Lord, I pray that as, as we rem remember you through communion this morning, may Lord, we ask ourselves, why do, why do I seek you, Lord? How do I respond to you? And do I trust you, Lord, with my life? Because, Lord, even to this day, 
You are wanted by many. You are anointed. You are even to this day rejected. But Lord, you were crowned King of Kings. And there's no one like you. In Jesus' name.